I'm going to, uh, this is going to shock everybody. We're going to do things just a little bit different today. Oh, no. <laughs> um, if you would just be seated, I'm going to go through the, the children's verse and then we're going to, we're going to get, we're going to get prayed over. I think Braden's got somebody picked out to do the praying here in a second over the service and, the and, uh, the prayer list and the message. Um, I don't even see Braden. He left. There he is. <laughs> um. But before we get going, we're gonna, the children's verse for the day is Isaiah 41.4. You guys ready to hear it? Yeah? I love these guys. I want you to listen to this, guys. It says, who has done such mighty deeds, summoning each new generation... From the beginning of time, it is I, the Lord, the first and the last, alone I am he. I'm going to read this to you one more time, guys. It says, who has done such mighty deeds? Truly, only our God is the one that does. He, he created us. Because of him, we were even born. And once we were born, our little body learned how to take in oxygen our stomach works right, it takes in food. Our mind works right, it knows that God is true. None of that can happen without him. He creates us in a way that we can receive all of these things. Otherwise, we can't. And then it says this. It says, summoning each new generation. Summoning means calling. He's calling each new generation. All these old people in this place, he summoned them. You guys in here as as Truly, as little people, as young people, as babies in Christ, he's calling you. He's summoning you for his purpose, for a great purpose, a mighty purpose, as he did all of us old folks. Summoning each new generation from the beginning of time, which means that's the way he has always done it. And this is the way he's going to continue to. And he says, Who's do, who did all that? He said, it is I the Lord and he's the first he's the last and it says alone I alone am he which means truly he is it we can't that song that Jerry and David sang earlier I can't even walk without you holding my hand it's a truth he is the way that we get along so who's praying vaccine <laughs> Stand, would you? Lord, this morning we're very thankful for all the children. And I'm very thankful for all the sinners in this room, just like me. And we're all here to hear your message that you're bringing us through John Paul. And I just pray that on this day, that's your day, that we listen to this message and we get closer to you and become more like you. And... We thank you for the gospel music and the message that we're about to receive. Lord, we thank you for these children. They're a blessing. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. So we're going to start out with a communion service. I have not done it like this. But like I said, be prepared. And most of you got a cell phone on you. You may not beat the Methodist to the dinner today. So if you need to text in your order, you get that out of the way now. Because we're going to be a little longer than normal. Be ready. But so 
I'd like the team with uh, that's that's um, preparing for the Lord's Supper um, to come on in if they're ready, Janice. And I'm going to I'm going to read on the Lord's Supper from Matthew twenty seventh chapter, I believe. No, 26th chapter. Twenty-six, seventeen. And I'm just going to read, read to y'all and let, the, let God do his work and let the word do its work. It says this, On the first day of the festival of the unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to prepare the Passover meal for you? As you go into the city, he told them. And I want you to wait on taking the, taking the bread and taking the juice. And we're all going to take it together. The blood and the bread. The blood and the body. Please. Um, I should have told you earlier. but The teacher says, my time has come and I will eat the Passover meal with my disciples. And truly, this is what we want right now. Is we want our Lord eating this meal with us right now. My t I'm going to read this again. My time has come and I will eat the Passover meal with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus told them and prepared the Passover meal there. When it was evening, Jesus sat down at the table with the twelve. While they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. I'm going to tell you all the truth. Every time I hear this verse, I know he's talking to me. I can't, I can't even describe how many times I've betrayed him one way or another. Verse 22 says, Greatly distressed, because they knew it was them, greatly distressed, each one asked in turn, Am I the one, Lord? N of course, they knew they were. He replied, One of you has eaten from this bowl with me will betray me. For the Son of Man must die as the scriptures declared long ago but how terrible it will be for the one who betrays him it would be far better for that man if he had never been born and truly as I read this I'm reminded that it is the same for us if we don't figure out that Jesus is the way that we can't even walk without holding his hand truly our life would be better if we were never born than to never know him Judas was the one, this is 25, Judas was the one who would betray him. And he also asked, Rabbi, am I the one? And Jesus told him, you have said it. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. And he broke it into pieces. And he gave it to the disciples. Saying, take this and eat it, for it is my body. And so... As we are here and we're passing this out, I'm going to let them just keep going. I'm going to come back to this in just a second. It's what everybody's got. And I want everybody to have it. We're going to do this together. Miss Grace encouraged me to do something like this. And then the Holy Spirit inspired me to do something. As far as I know, what we're fixing to do today, I've never seen it before. But I know that God showed me 
not only how to do it, but to do it. Because like often, I was arguing with him like he don't know better. In verse 27, it goes on, it says, He took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. And he gave it to each of them and said, Each of you drink from it. For this is my blood which confirms the covenant between God and his people and is pouring out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Praise God for this. So as we're getting the last of this out, I want you to take a moment right now and reflect. That question is being, has been brought to you. Is it you that has betrayed him? Of course the answer is yes. Is it me? Yeah, it is. How do I get by it? Only through him. He came, suffered, died, rose again for my forgiveness. And for my purpose in front of you. And for your purpose. And you're going to know a lot more about that by the time we're done today. So I'm asking you to bow your heads as this comes around. Or however it is that you need to reflect. That you need to get things straight with him. And then we're going to take this together. Father, we know that you are he. We also know that we have betrayed you. We have shorted you. We have compromised with you. We have argued with you. We have been too afraid to go when you ask us to come. We have justified it. But the truth is, we know that you are he. And we know, every person in this room knows that there's a day coming when we got to get it straight with you. That we need to be forgiven. Some of us need to be saved. We don't even know you on a level that we know that you have saved us. That you have, that you have delivered us from the life that we would be better off not even being born from. That we've been delivered into a life worth living. Father, I just pray right now that each and every one of us, every person in this room, every person within earshot, in each and every way right now is getting it straight with you. Father, you are. You always were. You always will be. And yes, you are summoning us. I thank you for this. And I thank you for forgiving me of my many, many sins and my betrayal. And I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So let's do this again and let's do this together. I'd like some too, please.
Here we go. So we take this bread as a small token of his body that was broken for us that did what we cannot do. And we take this blood that was shed for us And by the scriptures it says that he didn't shed part of his blood. He shed it all. When they run the sword in his side, there was no more blood to be had. He gave it all. And he gave it for me and he gave it for you. So we take this blood in remembrance of what he shed for us. Now, as we go forward in this service, and I'm just honored to even be here, humbled. Do you know, was any of you here last week? Was it amazing? Wasn't it incredible? The Holy Spirit spoke through Chris in such a mighty way. Truth is, you all don't even need me. You got Chris. Yeah, he, he's like, no. Jackie's like, please, no. It was like months he was studying and worrying and praying over this. But it, those prayers were honored. The living God spoke through him on the day. And it was so beautiful in each and every way, and it's so amazing. And I tell you what, one of my big fears is, is that people will perceive that somehow I have something to do with this what God's doing here in this body. I know that if ever I buy into that in any way, shape, fashion, or form, I'm setting you all and myself up for a failure. For it is Him. He's going to do what He's going to do, and He's going to use me. He's going to use Chris. He's going to use each of you to do this in the way that He's going to do it. I'd like for you to turn with me to the third chapter of Matthew for just a minute. And we're going to go here and then we're going to go back to uh, Isaiah. So if we go to Matthew here, third chapter. We spin down here. Let's see. Let's try fourth. Let's see. Try fourth chapter, sorry. Oh, oh no. John Paul did a John Paul here. We're actually going to John. I, I was studying this morning and I got confused. My own, but let's go to John and let's try John 3. This is going to work out a whole lot better. <laughs> Now we're going to, I was like, man, there ain't enough verses in that. 
So if we go to John 3.22. Sorry, Putman, I'm really stretching you this morning. And, but it'll read a lot closer to what I'm reading if we're on the same chapter. So here we are. We've already, we've already experienced what Christ has done for us. We've already established that he's summoning us. He's calling us. He's calling these little guys. He's calling us old folks here. All of it. He's summoning us. He summoned, he summoned his people from the beginning of time, and he will continue to until Christ comes back. So if we go here to, in this summoning, I think this is really an amazing thing. So, then, so let's just start reading this story. This is about John the Baptist and his disciples. And John, we got to remember, we, discovered, we discussed this a couple weeks ago. John's purpose was to prepare the way for the Lord. Two weeks ago, as I shared the story of the service that we had with Jerry and Nancy up in Ingalls, Kansas, it was so clear that we have a purpose. We are calling. Everyone in this room has a calling. And it's going to be manifest in so many different ways. But truly our calling is to prepare the way for the Lord. To prepare the way in people's hearts. To prepare the way for in people's lives of freedom that can be found because of it. And to prepare for the second coming. We don't know which of those is coming first. But we know that we have a calling and that's to prepare the way for the Lord. So us like John the Baptist... We have the same calling. We are the people to prepare the way for the Lord. So let's read about this. 22. Then the disciples and his, then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem and went into Judean countryside. And Jesus spent some time there baptizing people. It was important. It's still important today. We have had the privilege of baptizing quite a few folks here over the last 12 months. And we will continue to baptize each and every person that God lays it upon their heart because it was important then and it's still important today. At this time, John the Baptist was baptizing, I don't know how to say it, Anon near Salem. My Jewish is really bad, I know. Because there was plenty of water there and people kept coming to him for baptism. I, I want to tell you there's two things in this verse that really jump out at me one of them is he was doing it because the resources were there and available so it is with us as we discover our calling a lot of times we're called to do things because the resources are right there and available the other is is it was crystal clear what he should do people were coming like hey i need baptized i need to get things right with the lord Okay, I got the resources. God told me I'm to prepare the way for him. Let's do it. 24. I don't know why 24 is even here. This seems really clear to me, but here it is. This was before John was thrown into prison. I guess maybe foreshadowing. 25. A debate broke out between John's disciples. Now listen to this. A debate broke out between John's disciples and a certain Jew over ceremonial cleansing. They're arguing about how to do God's work here. Us humans, we get confused. So John's disciples came to him, 
meaning John the Baptist, and said, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one who you identified as the Messiah, is also baptizing people. He's doing our thing. I know you said he was the Messiah, but he's doing our thing. And everybody is going to him instead of coming to me, coming to us. I want you to listen to what John says here. John replied, No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You plainly know, you yourselves know how plainly I told you, I am not the Messiah. I love John had a great concept on what his deal was. And he was really good at teaching it. He got the point across to his people. You yourselves know. He said, hey, remember what I told you? I told you I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. I am only here to prepare the way for him and to show others how to prepare the way for him. Last week we saw Chris. No matter how it goes, this is our purpose. I think it's like raising kids. You know, you raise them up and they're going up, they're growing up, and they need you, they need you, they need you, and then one day they do not need you anymore. They're like that. It'd really be better if you could stop talking now. You're like, oh, I prepared them to stand on their own, but I didn't prepare me to get out of the way while they did it. This is very similar. 29 it is the bridegroom who marries the bride the best man is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows therefore i am filled with joy at his success i last week was filled with joy that the holy spirit showed up here and it was amazing and it didn't have one thing to do with me I didn't have to say a word. I sit back. At, I was with Mark and Lori, and we prayed over it, and we listened. And the Holy Spirit did his deal. And so it will be the next time. I want you to listen to this, verse 30. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. I'm going to read it again, and then I want you to think about all the ways that this might be. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. For one person, for Chris to become less and less, he had to stand up before you in a public position. He didn't want to do it. Matter of fact, he'd have given just about anything to God off the hook. But the Holy Spirit wanted to use him. For the next person, they would really like to be in front of everybody and he's going to require them to clean the toilets or something. I mean, really. There was a place in my life when I got to this spot and I it was actually at Rodeo Bible Camp and I had been the lead, the term keynote speaker for two years. And then all of a sudden they were afraid to use me in any term the third year. They, they knew they wanted to change and needed to it was great we had two amazing years but i wasn't called to be the keynote speaker forever but then they didn't want to hurt my feelings they're like 
it was awkward. And I went to him. I'm like, look, you got to understand, God just called me to help. If you need me to speak, I will speak. If you need me to shut up, I will shut up. If you need me to sit back and clean the toilets, then that's what I want to do. Okay, maybe not want, but willing. <laughs> but the point's still the same. So along this journey, John's own life, he was exalted in it. He was front and center. And eventually he was in prison. We don't know how our journey will go. But we know that it's for him. And it's a life worth living. Without it, we've already established, it would be better not to even been born. That sounds harsh. That sounds rugged. That sounds a way that I don't even want to say it. But I know it's true. I see the results. I live the results. And I know that my life before, if I'd continued down that path, truly, it would have been a life I'd have been better off, not even been born for. But this, however long it lasts, and then whatever's to come behind it, is amazing. This, no matter how badly Chris didn't want to do last week, I haven't asked him this question specifically, but I know that God blessed his socks off because he did it. Did it not blow your mind that the Holy Spirit would use your story in a mighty, crazy way and inspire all the rest of us? Yeah. It's amazing. Turn with me now. Now that we got this straight. We're going to get to be less and less, and he's going to become greater and greater. Otherwise, we're missing it. What's the real term? I think it's called sin, but we're missing it. Isaiah 41. And we're going to get ready. We're going to do communion again. I have never been to a service that's been done twice, ever. But I'm certain that we're supposed to today. The first one, recognizing who he is and who he was. The second one, as we go through this, is a covenant. It's going to be a covenant between us and him. As a covenant, we're agreeing that for us to go forward right into our calling. And I have told y'all, and I'm telling you again, that I feel strongly that God's put on my heart for us to discover who we are. Who we are, the way we are made, the gifts that he gave us. Our sin that we struggle with. And that's a really a crazy thing. That sin thing. We, most of us, know the symptoms of our sin problem. Very few of us, myself included, have got no idea what our core sin problem is. We just keep seeing these symptoms pop up throughout our life. It's amazing 
the clarification and the freedom that's come to me, and I know, Will, in yours as well, when you discover this core sin problem. So we're going to discover who we are, how we're made, the gifts that we have. We like this part. Our core sin problem, we don't like this part. The freedom that comes with that. And then those that are willing. And the covenant is we're going to become less and less. He's going to become greater and greater. And we're going to let him show us what our calling is. So today is truly preparing for where God's going to take us over I don't know how long as long as it takes so turn with me to Isaiah 41 get the right light so I can find the right spot we've got these We've got these uh, reasons. We've always had these reasons, these justifications. So if we go down here to the 22nd, let's see. Let's go to the 20th verse, and I'll start from there. And we're going to change, we're going to change the scripture just a little, not in what he says but we're going to add to it in a way that hits us right here where we are today so if i start right in here at isaiah 41 20 it says i'm doing this i am doing this so all who see this miracle will understand what it means i believe right here right now that god is doing this today so as it unfolds in the future, we will understand. That is what the Lord who has done this, the Holy One of Israel, the Holy One of God's people, we have been, we have been adopted into the people of Israel, His people. So I'm going to read it again to you. I am doing this so all who see this miracle will understand what it means that this is the Lord who has done this, the Holy One of Israel who created it. So he's presenting with us right now. He's presenting with us a chance, a, a, another opportunity to make an agreement with him. He's summoning us. And he knows that it scares us. And he knows that we have our reasons. We always have had our justification. So listen to this. He says, this is amazing to me. He says, present the case for your idols. Present the case for your reasons. Let them show you what they can do, says the Lord of Israel, says your God. Okay? Present the case for your reasons, says the Lord. Let them show you what they can do. Verse 22. Let them try to tell us what happened long ago so that we may consider the evidence. <laughs> let them prove themselves out. Or let them tell us what the future holds, 
so we can know what's going to happen. Uh, verse 23. Yes, tell us what will occur in the days ahead. Then we will know that you are God's. We will know justification. <laughs> we'll know you're right. If you could just show me one thing that you can do for me. Yes, tell us what will occur in the days ahead. Then we will know that you are God. In fact, do anything, good or bad. Do something that will amaze and frighten us. Uh, can you feel that trap? I kind of can, you know. You're right here, you're like, oh, man, I got no case. I got no reason, whatever it is, whether you're going to, as I become less and less, exalt me or whether you're going to put me behind the scenes or whether I'm the guy to clean the toilets. I don't have a case. I know that my true life is there. And my reasons aren't matching up. Verse 24, but no here's our reasons, here's our justification, here's our idols, but no, you are less than nothing and can do nothing at all. Those who choose you pollute themselves. Every time we chose that came the guilt, the remorse, the wrong results. We've all lived it. We know this is true. Those who chose you pollute themselves. Now listen to 25. But I have stirred up a leader who will approach from the north, from the east. He will call on my name. I will give him victory over kings and princesses, and he will trample on them as a potter. He's going to overcome everything. And he goes on to say, I'm telling you, 26, who told you from the beginning that this would happen? I'm telling you because I am he. Who told you from the beginning this would happen? Who predicted this, making you admit that he was right? Only our God. It says no one said a word. I was going to go on, but I think that we've got the point well made here. And so we're going to do communion again. Right here, right now. So Jerry, I'd like you to pick up that guitar again, please. This time, I'd like you to bow your heads with me right now as they're coming in. And this is a time for a covenant. Sometime back, Several years ago, in fact, God showed me that I couldn't tell anybody anything, no matter how true it was, until they were ready to receive it. And so he showed me in my own ministry that my task was a lot more about preparing people to receive the truth, to get them inquisitive, to get them seeking the truth, to get them ready to receive it than it was to tell them the truth. So my task is about preparing them to ask, 
to receive the truth. And so today, I know in order for us to go into the next, however long it takes, preparing the way to find out who we are and our sin problem and to truly seek the calling he's put on our life, that we have to be, you have to be ready. You have to be prepared. So today, if you're willing to make this covenant with him, which means he becomes greater and greater and you become less and less so that you can truly live, then I'm asking you to take this with me. So as we go and we're going to pass this out, I'm, it, this is a lot. It's going to take the reflection. Don't just jerk your pistol and go to firing. Yes or no. Me, I, I shoot first and ask questions later all the time. And when I'm about halfway into it, I'm like, man, I had no idea I was going to have to pay that heavy a price. So right now we got a little time. I'm asking you to reflect. I'm asking you to get it straight. I'm asking you to consider if he will give you the courage to make this covenant with him. And then we'll all take it together again here in a minute. Make no mistake, even as we make this covenant, we're going to get some of it wrong in the future. This is not a covenant that will be perfect from this point forward. This is just a covenant that we're going to give him what he's summoning us to give him. Because we know our true life awaits. Our freedom awaits. I don't know about you, but I'm somewhere between terrified and crazy excited 
what this might mean for us personally, what this might mean for our body, for what this might mean for our society, for what this means for our children. I know the evil one won't like it. He's going to come against us. We're going to have to pray for each other in ways we never have before because we're stirring up the enemy even as we speak. And we'll all be better for it. got a row or so left we can wait guys get yours take this together we're going to start with the bread here it is a symbol of his body broken for us father right now we know what you did for us but right now, this is a covenant of what we're going to do for you. You broke your body for us. We're giving ours to you. For you, for your purpose, and truly for our own living. So we're going to take, we receive what you did for us. Knowing there's freedom in it. And we praise you for this. And we're going to take your body as a symbol of what we're going to do with ours. And here's your blood, Father. Oh, you gave it all. You didn't save back a drop. You poured it all out for, our, for us, for our purpose. You didn't need to do any of it. You're God. You could have lived in heaven forever. You truly had no reason other than your love for us to come here and give us a way out. Really, you didn't have a reason to even create us. Except for you wanted children. And then you poured it all out so that we could have a life, that we could have a freedom, that we could have a future that we could not even imagine on our own. And so, Father, we take this blood, this life, and we give you back ours as a covenant between us and you. Father, we know, we know we're not perfect. You know we're not perfect. You know we're not going to get this right. Most of us are going to make mistakes before we get out of here today. But the truth is, from this point forward, we're giving you 
Arbla. I want to close with, as we close, I want to close with one more verse. I want to go over here to the, I believe it's the 43rd chapter. And I want to start in the 11th verse. Forty-three, eleven. He knew we would show up here today. He called us to be. He summoned us to be. And this is what I believe this is his message to us today. He says, I, yes, I am the Lord. There is no other Savior. First, I predicted your, your rescue, 12. Then I saved you and proclaimed it to the world. No foreign God has ever done this. Your excuses, your justification cannot pull this off. You are witnesses that I am the only God, says the Lord. From eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand and no one can undo what I have done. So I'd like you to pray with me right here, right now, as we close. And then they'll clo play a closing hymn and Braden will have some announcements, but this is the end of my, my part. Father, you know where we are. I think that probably each and every one of us here is crazy excited and absolutely terrified of the ramifications of the, of the covenant we signed with you in your blood just now. Father, I just, I just thank you for your presence. For you are he. You are the Savior, the only one. Our reasons, our justifications, our idols. We give them a shot again today to step up and prove themselves they couldn't do it. They never could. Father, I just, I just thank you for this. I thank you also as I'm praying for those on the prayer list and those that are not. There are so many and their needs are so heavy. Their losses, their fears, their illness. The only way through them is through you. And Father, I also pray that if there's anybody here today that has never received you before, that have they ever stepped up to you and said, yes, I'm going to choose him for my God because he's the only one that can prove himself out, I pray that they, would, that they would tell somebody, that they would sign up on one of those cards, that they would make it public, which you also ask us to do. And Father, for those of us here that have, that have done all of that, but we've never really been obedient. We are supposed to step forward and be part of something. We are supposed to step forward and be baptized in obedience. We are supposed to step forward and do what you called us to. But it scared us and we justified it. 
Father, I just pray that you would fill each and every one of us with your courage, with your peace, with your stamina, with your protection, with your spirit. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.